0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message.
1: Think about what kind of people God is raising up. What kind of of beings is he creating? He's creating a dream team. That's what the Lord is creating in you and I. He is creating a dream team. He's looking to bring people together known as the church. A church that according to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27 is a glorious church. Everybody say a glorious church. church. That's not just talking about the building. That's not just talking about the building. I mean, the building needs to look good. But he's, he more than that, he's talking about you and I. The glorious church. How do we know? Not, not every uh, believer, not every church uh, is glorious. Not every church is glorious. But God's looking for a glorious church. See, he's got... God's got a dream. I said God's got a dream. And he's got a dream of a glorious church... Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Nothing even close to it. Not even a spot or a wrinkle. See, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a church that's walking in the glory of God. Walking in the light. Walking in submission to the Holy Spirit. To the Word of God yielded to the Holy Spirit. Where darkness and demons and devils, they they just can't touch us. I mean, Jesus himself was tempted at all points. Don't get me wrong. And in the world, he said, you'll have tribulation. I'm not saying you're not going to go through stuff. But these things will not conquer you. These weapons formed against you will not prosper. And though faced with destruction, you will laugh. That's a glorious church. That's a glorious church. A church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But a church that is holy and without blemish a blemish free church a blemish free church starts with blemish free believers and can we be blemish free yes yeah, yeah. we can be blemish free we can be without spot man why because the blood of jesus because of the spotless blood of jesus that was shed for you and i by putting faith in it we are washed we are clean. We are cleansed. It even gets the wrinkles out. I mean, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Can you say amen? So God, he's looking for this dream church. He's looking for this dream team. We started talking about this a couple weeks ago. We looked at the word team, and we saw that it means when defined... People coming together to achieve a common goal. In other words, if the church is God's dream team and we're all team players or prayers, if that's who we are, then we don't just come to church. We come together. As a team. We come together as a team. Now, see, that's... That's the problem with live streaming. Now, thank God that live stream is available in a pinch. You know, you're in a situation and, you know, you have to, you know, you're not able to be here. But thank God you can go ahead and you can live stream. So if you have to do it, great. But it's not God's best. It's not not God's best because church is about a team. And a team is about a people coming together with a common goal, a common purpose in mind. So he wants us to come together. It's hard to do that. I don't know, even know who's out there live streaming tonight, you know. So it's hard for us to connect. I mean, the Spirit of God is connecting us. Don't get me wrong. God's ministering to folks right now. But you understand what I'm saying. As a team, we can't just live stream. We got to come together. So think of it that way, too, For now on. You know, get your mind renewed. This is, this is the purpose of this tonight, that, you know, when you're coming to church, you're coming to the team. Right? You're, you're not just coming to a chair in a room. You're coming to connect with the team, to hear and receive from the Holy Spirit, our coach, our helper, our trainer, our mentor. We're coming to be helped by him. So we've got to renew our mind and realize we're not just coming to sit in a chair, we're coming together as a team. As a team. So, you know, how many people know there's a difference from watching your favorite team and being a part of the team? Now some people will watch their favorite team as though they're a part of the team. In reality, they're not. But they sure feel like they are. They're sitting on the couch right? Or jumping up from the couch. But they're not out there on the field. They're not out there sweating. They're not feeling the pain, right? When that, when that receiver goes up to catch the ball and, and stretches his body out knowing that there's two heat-seeking missiles with helmets on that are coming full speed ahead towards their rib cage and they and they look away from the ball and miss the catch. And we stand there and think, how stupid you are. And How could you have missed that? I can't even believe you dropped that. I thought this was pro ball here. <laughs> it's real easy, you know. Game's over. Your team loses. Mine rarely does, but your team loses, you know, and and you go away and you're a little depressed about it for a few days and that's the worst it is for you but those guys some of those guys are sitting in a jacuzzi or in a a thing of ice and they're they're trying there's body parts they don't feel anymore I mean it's, it's, it's quite a bit different from being on the team than watching the team And so, uh, are you here tonight as part of the team? Or are you just watching the team? Just watching what's going to happen. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You need to be a participator. Be a participator. You need to be a part of the team, not just watching, but you need to be an active member. Church is a team sport. Did you hear me? Church is a team sport. And as a team sport... We compete to win. Yes. Now, as a team, we don't compete with each other. Yeah, no. We're not to be competing with each other. We're to be challenging one another, encouraging one another, helping one another, supporting one another. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to not to be competing with one another. If there's a a weakness in your life, you should be able to feel comfortable to get around your team and say, I need some support, I need some strength, I need some prayer, I need some help. And not feel like you're all alone and you've got to do this thing by yourself. You're not alone. You're not supposed to be alone. You're not supposed to be isolated. You're a part of a team and we're competing to win we're competing to win and you see that over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 the apostle Paul writing by the holy spirit to the church notice what he says here in chapter 9 verse 25 everyone who competes every say competes see we this is a team sport and we've come together to compete Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. My margin says for a temperate exercises self-control. Exercises self-control in all things. You're going to control yourself if you want to win. I mean, if you want to win bad enough. And we should want to win bad enough because we're not just playing or praying or fighting the good fight of faith, for a perishable crown. But notice he goes on, uh, like natural sports, he says they do it, they exercise self-control, they discipline their bodies to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Imperishable crown. In other words, the rewards that we're going to receive are eternal. Eternal. We're going to enjoy them, not just for a season, but forever. We're not just talking about having a good season and having some rewards that is short-lived. We're talking about rewards that last for eternity. That's what you and I are on the team to play for. To play to win, to accomplish God's purpose for our life to fulfill his purpose, not just to do our own thing, but to do his thing, to do his thing. And we need one another to get it done. I mean, like I said last time, it doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you are. It doesn't matter how good of any kind of player you are in any kind of sport. If it's a team sport, then you may never see a championship game, even though you have the heart and a lifestyle of a champion. You may never see a championship game. And you, know, you, just, you just wonder how many incredible players in whatever sport were just the best of the best and people hardly even knew about it because they couldn't get much done with the company that they kept. Because of the team that they were on because of the coaching staff, because of the play calling, whatever it might have been. People who didn't see their potential, they were overlooked, or, you know, the team wasn't playing uh, to win. They were playing to survive. Whatever the case might be. I wonder how many champions never made it to a championship game. I wonder how many Christian warriors. I'm talking about faith-filled, spirit-filled champions. Love God. Love the word of God. But never really got a whole lot accomplished. Oh, they got rewards with the Lord in heaven as an individual because they were faithful. But they weren't able to really accomplish the kind of things that God had a dream for them to accomplish. Because... Of the company they kept because of the team that, because of the church that they were a part of. I'm telling you, it's life and death what church you're in, what church you're a part of. It's life and death. It's vital. It's vital to fulfilling the purpose and plan of God for your life. And it's so sad. You've got Christians that are out there and they're just looking for a church. That has all the natural things they think they need. And they're not even thinking about. The church as a team with a mission to accomplish something that is well beyond themselves as an individual to be able to accomplish. That God wants to put them together with people that are going to go places and accomplish something that is God's dream to see fulfilled. I want to fulfill God's dreams. It isn't about my dream. It isn't about what I want, what I envision for myself. It ain't about what I envision for myself. What is his vision for us? What's God's dream? I need him to put his dream in my heart. I need him to put his dream in my heart. I want his dream. Somebody say, I want God's dream. Now, I want to know his dream. I want to fulfill his plan. I want to fulfill his purpose. That's what I want. But what about you? Because you're the ones I'm connected with. You're the team. Right? What about you? What do you want? What do you, do you want that? Do you want that? See, so then you need, you need to nudge the person next to you. No, don't do it. But you need to be, you should be really wanting to encourage the ones around you. In fact, one of the players for the um, uh, Buccaneers that just won the Super Bowl. One of the players was was testifying. He said that Tom Brady, man, like that last couple weeks. You know, right right before the Super Bowl, he was texting, he was texting guys, he was sending the messages, he was giving them all kinds of encouragement, he was giving them all kinds of things to fire them up and to encourage them, and to make sure that everybody's on the same, same track, going in the same direction, nobody's getting distracted, nobody's getting into themselves, their own personal fame, and he was helping to keep everybody on track and of one mind, and that's exactly how they played. But he recognized the importance. He couldn't just isolate himself and say, I'm the best. I'm number one. And I'm the greatest. Because I'm the greatest, this is what's going to happen. No, no, no. He he recognized the guys around him, they need to be great. They need to be great. God needs every person in this room to be great. He needs every player to be great. He needs everyone to participate and to come and to give it their all. Now, listen, it's very important. This message is very important. It's very timely. Because right now, I honestly believe we are spiritually entering the playoffs. Now, this, this team's been playing 27 years. We've had players come and go. And, uh, and, and we've been playing. But I'm telling you, we are coming into a time that I would say, it is like the playoffs. It's like, here we go. It's either get it or be eliminated. It's either win or be yanked out. And I don't believe that as a church, we're going to be yanked out. But you as an individual on this team, you better play like someone that is here to win. Because our king, our head coach, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, he's walking around the ranks and he knows the time we've entered into. I mean, I I shouldn't even really have to say that. I mean, we should have a sense of that just by looking out into the world around us. Just by the signs of the times, we understand. Hey, it's not business as usual. But that doesn't scare us. That excites us. Because we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we're here to win. We're not here to be defeated by the devil and his bunch. The devil's got a bunch. Oh, he's got a bunch. And they're all uniting if you haven't recognized that the world is uniting as one just like the bible says would happen in the last days uniting together under an antichrist system and that that is happening they're uniting and there's very little division it seems among them what about us there can't be any division among us We got to be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Come on, with one mind and one mouth, we've got to be speaking the word of God, living by the book, doing the will of God. We're going to follow the playbook. If we, I'm telling you, if we follow the playbook and the leading of the spirit of God, we will always triumph and we will always win. But every player matters. And we've all been honored to be placed on this team. Do you recognize the honor? We are so honored to have the graces that we have, the gifts that we have, the truth that we have, on and on and on. Even the utterance that we have, the faith that we have, all the things that he's given us. We're so honored to have it. Everyone should feel that way. We should be treasuring it. And taking full advantage of it. And making sure that with much that has been given to us, we're going to put out much. We're going to give much. He's looking for much from you and I. He's looking for us to rally together and win this thing. I said we're going to win this thing. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Somebody say "I'm I'm a winner. On a winning team. Hallelujah. I'm a winner on a winning team. So you make sure that that's exactly what you're living up to. Because I think of the first church of the wilderness. I think of that, that group that God brought out of Egypt. They were in bondage to the Egyptians. And God brought the children of Israel out. He brought them out into the wilderness. And man, He gave them a pastor. Pastor Moses. Now, Pastor Moses, he was the best of the best. He was an awesome pastor. Was he not? Oh, man, he was an incredible man. And then the associate, I think that was Joshua. And you had Caleb in the helps ministry. And so you had, some, you had some powerhouses that were ready to go in and possess the land that God had for them. He had a land prepared for them. God had a dream of his people dwelling in this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land full of abundance, a land full of blessing. And from that place, they would affect the whole world. They would influence the whole world. The whole world would come in awe of the wisdom and the glory of God that was upon the nation of Israel. That was God's dream. He kept telling them. He had Moses preaching the dream, preaching the dream to him, preach the dream to him. And these guys, they had been slaves their whole life. They'd been beaten and broken and, and abused and didn't own anything. The government owned everything. And, and then God brings them out and he says, you're going to have your own houses. You're going to have your own vineyards. You're going to have your own stuff. I'm going to take such good, such good care of you. I mean, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be blessed coming in, blessed going out. Just follow me. Here we go. Follow the cloud. We're going in. That's all you got to do. Heed my words. Follow the spirit. They came out. God split the sea. They went out there into the wilderness. And I mean, just three days out into the wilderness, lacked a little water. They started murmuring, and complaining, and they are ready to stone their pastor. They're ready to stone Moses. Just three days. After seeing the Red Sea split, after that powerful service on Sunday, they went three days, had the rough three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. (laughs) Forgot all about the message on Sunday, which they were shouting about, by the way. And now they want to stone him. They want to stone Moses, and they want to go back to bondage. But, you know, God was merciful. He looked at him and said, you know what? These folks have been, you know, they don't know any better. They, they, this is new to them. And he cut them a lot of slack. God didn't rebuke them. God didn't do anything like that. He just went ahead and he gave them water. And they went a little further in their travels. And they started griping and complaining again about water and food. And he gave them food. He gave them water, you know. And he's figured they're going to get it. This is my dream team. They're going to get this. And God's just encouraged, you know, he's around Moses and Moses is just there in God's face. And he looks over and sees Jake, Joshua and he sees Caleb and sees some of the Leviticus folks. And he's like, wow, you know, these, these are fired up people. So God's encouraged and we're going to get this thing. And, and they go, little, and God says, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come down on this mountain and I'm going to manifest myself. I'm going to appear. And so, you know, tell all the children, Israel, come out. Don't come too close to the mountain. But I want them to be able to see my glory. I want them to, I want my fear to be in them so that they do not sin. I'm going to put my fear in them so that they don't sin. So God comes down in his glory and in his power, begins to give his commandments, teach the people his word, and then really begins to really give Moses lots and lots of instruction to bring to the children of Israel. Moses got all kinds of messages, you know. God's just giving him messages. And so now it's time for him to go back down the mountain. And, and, and he just look, as he comes down the mountain, he hears the people making all this noise. He comes down there and he looks. And they've made themselves a golden calf. And they're worshiping it. And God almost lost it. God, God, God almost lost it. Moses had to go up to God and say, now, Lord, don't destroy him. Don't destroy him. You know, you've made promises. And he had to, he had to speak God's word to God. To keep judgment from the devil from being able to consume all these people. He kept encouraging God. No, no, we need your presence. We need you to be here. We need you to stay with us. We love you. We, we worship you. We're gonna follow you. Don't, don't blot these people out of your book. I mean, I mean, if you blot them out, blot me out, you know. And so. And so God had mercy, you know. And for 40 years, 40 years, he had mercy on these people. But he made this statement over in Numbers chapter 32. Numbers 32, he said in verse, verse 11, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, except... Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. So the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel, and He made them wander in the wilderness forty years until the generation had done evil in the sight of the Lord was gone, until that entire team was replaced. And, you know, God was so impressed with Joshua and Caleb. He said, I'm getting you guys in there. I'm going to get you guys in. there. It's going to take a little while because I'm going to have to start a whole new team. I'm going to have to get all new players in here. We're going to have to start this thing over. But you guys, I'm determined to get you guys in there. Now, I believe throughout history, there's been plenty of Moses's and Joshua's and Caleb's and people that have never gotten into the fullness of what God had for them. Because of the team they were a part of. The murmuring, the complaining, the griping. Now listen, murmuring, complaining, griping as a baby Christian, that's fine. Or you stumble here and there, but you get up, you repent, you dust yourself off, you get back in there, that's perfectly fine. But just living that way and being satisfied with that kind of life, no, 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 that's unacceptable to God. That's unacceptable to God. He was determined to get Joshua and Caleb in there, in that promised land. But notice they couldn't get in without the right team. God didn't just say, "All right, Joshua and Caleb, you guys go. Everybody else just die. Everybody else just stay here in the wilderness." Joshua, Caleb, you guys go in there. They couldn't. They couldn't go in there by themselves. What fun would that have been anyway? To go on in there and they possessed a house, a vineyard, and they got Philistines all around them. They got the enemies of the Lord all around them. You know, that doesn't sound like a really fun thing anyway. It's just persecution, persecution, heavy persecution. That's about all they're going to face constantly. So now God said, God said I'm going to have to get a team together. And did He get a team together? Oh man, this second generation. He raised this second generation up. And somehow, even though they had murmuring, griping, complaint, complaining parents, these guys grew up to reverence the things of God and to obey God at his word. And if God said, be silent, don't talk. They didn't talk. And if God said, shout, they shouted. Whatever God told them to do, they did it. And they went into that Jericho, that city, And they marched around this walled fortress. They didn't have battering rams. They didn't have all kinds of war equipment. But they marched around that wall confident, knowing that if God said that land is ours, then I don't care the size of the people in it. I don't care the size of the walls that surround them. It don't make a hill of beans a difference. Nothing's too big for our God. And these were faith people. These were faith people. They walked by faith, not by sight. They marched around that wall. And they did it day after day after day. And finally God said, all right, now shout. And they just started shouting and praising God. I believe they all shouted. I said, I believe they all shouted. I don't believe 50% of them shouted. And the other 50 just read the words. I believe they all jumped in. Hey! I believe they all shouted. Praise God. See, God's looking for for this participation. He's looking for folks of faith that are more conscious of Him than any created thing, even their own flesh. Their own flesh. They're not interested in appeasing their flesh. Uh, They're interested in the glory of God. They're interested in walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're interested in seeing God's agenda accomplished in their life and in this earth. I want to see his agenda, don't you? Yes. Praise God. I, I believe God's got an agenda. Yeah. A lot of politicians, they have agendas. And, and, you know, honestly, I look at some of the things that are going on in the world today. And I just look and I think, my Lord, my Lord. God, if you keep letting this thing go like that, I think it's going to get too far. Where it's not going to be able to get fixed. And I get to praying about it. And then this just peace comes. It's like I know he has something in his playbook. My mind says, America is in big trouble. But my heart says, God's got something in his playbook. In fact, we got a, while, a ways back uh, early part of the year. We, we were getting, uh, was it last year? Yeah, this is the early part of the uh, last year, end of the last year. Uh, we were in prayer, and Gene had gotten, God's got something up his sleeve. It was very clear, prophetic word. God's got something up his sleeve. And then that was confirmed in a few different things. Other people had gotten pretty much the same thing. God's got something. So I said, Lord, I said, I understand if, if you can't tell me what's up your sleeve. I said, I'd really like to know. I would like to know. Lord, what's up your sleeve? And I understand you can't tell me everything because, you know, it could alter things. It could alter the way I, I do things if it's something that, you know, is altering and I shouldn't be altered by it. So I said, I understand. I said, but if you could tell me what's up your sleeve, that'd be great. And he said, you. And I knew he wasn't just talking about me, but he was talking about us. He was talking about his church. He's talking about his dream team. God's got a dream team. Up his sleeve. Yes. Somebody say, God's got, me. God's got me. Up his sleeve. Up his sleeve. Oh, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. God. I'm telling you, God's got a dream team. Yeah. He's got a dream team, yeah. praise God. He's got some folks he's going to release in these last days. Because he's always used people. It's never been just God. It's always been God through man. It's always been God through man. And it's not different. It's not any different in these last days. A lot of people say, oh, it's, it's going to be all God, and God's not going to. No, it's people. It's God working through his body. It's the body of Christ. And so in these last days, uh, God's looking for a, a group of Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Folks that are going to, they're determined to go all the way. We're not just going to go part of the way. We're not just going to be happy with just him taking care of our own personal needs. We are concerned about the overall plan of God, the overall purpose of God. Can you say amen? amen? Jesus said over in Luke chapter 19, verse 43 For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. How many people know there's those that would like to do that in America? There's folks that would love to squash the church. They'd love to crush the church. They would like to drive God out of our nation. And the way they do that is by driving you out. He's telling Israel, Jesus is talking. Days will come when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because this is a because things don't just happen well stuff just happens because because you did not know the time of your visitation you didn't know what time it was you didn't know it was game day. You didn't know you had entered into the playoffs. You didn't know what time you had come in. You thought it was just business as usual. And so you just thought you can get by on what was usual. And because you didn't know that, your enemies took over. Your enemies took over. Well, we're not going to let that happen because we got the same enemy they had it's the devil. And they'd love to take over. They would like to level us to the ground, not leave one trace of us. That's what they'd love to do. But God's got a plan. Yes. He's got a people that know their time. Yes. Think about how sad it was. I mean, here's Israel. Jesus is in their midst. And they didn't have a clue. I mean, miracles, all oh, this is going on. Revival's taking place. And they didn't have a clue. They were still. Living for the flesh, just like the children of Israel in the wilderness, the same thing—murmuring, complaining, entangled with the affairs of this life, all caught up in fleshy things. Meanwhile, the glory is right there. The promised land is right over there. It's like this is—you guys are supposed to get this. This is your time. They didn't see their time of visitation. They missed it. They missed it. And so again, in this time that we're, I just believe we've come into a time. It's a time of visitation. We're about to see some, some manifestation of the grace of God, of the glory of God, like we've never seen before. But don't you just sit back and think that you can wait until you, uh, uh, until you see these things. But Before you start engaging, before you start practicing, before you start becoming a team player. Because it might be too late then. You might be replaced. And that's not going to happen. But I'm just letting you know. uh, People can be replaced. You understand? Now, there's a team that's going to possess this thing. In this day, in this hour. We're going to walk in that visitation of God. We're going to walk in that glory and power of God. We're not going to miss our time. This is our our time. This is our moment. And and we're not going to to miss it. We're We're going to prepare for it. Like it's Hell Week. Somebody say, What did you just say? I said Hell Week. You say, What is Hell Week? Well, that's something that the Navy SEALs have when training their SEALs to prepare them to be the warriors they need to be on the battlefield of life. There's this week called Hell Week, it's the fourth week of basic conditioning. This is when students train for five days and five nights solid with a maximum total of four hours of sleep. Did you get that? Five days, five nights, nonstop four hours total sleep. Hell week begins at sundown on Sunday and ends at the end of Friday. During this time, trainees face continuous training evolutions. This extreme training is critical. For SEALs on missions must be able to operate efficiently. Their lives as well as the lives of others may depend on it. I'm telling you, people's eternal destinies are hanging in the balance. You and I have to take advantage of every trial, every test. And instead of doing the murmuring and complaining of the children of Israel and craving comfort, we need to take it as an opportunity to exercise self-control, to discipline our bodies, discipline our minds, speak the word of God, focus on the Lord and fight through it with our faith. God's got us covered. He said, you'll not be tempted beyond that which you're able to handle. In other words, the enemy's not going to throw anything at you that's more than you can handle. Some people have twisted those words and said, God will not give you more than you can handle. God doesn't give it. God doesn't give it. No, 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 no. In the world, you'll have tribulation. There's an enemy. There's an opponent. But that's okay. If you're a team player and you want to compete, you want an opponent. I mean, wouldn't it be boring to be on a team and all you have is practice? All right, we're gonna practice again for what? For practice. <laughs> and we're gonna practice again for what? For practice. We're, gonna, we're just gonna keep practicing and you praying. You're just playing against your own guys, just practicing with each other. That's like boring. And then to think you have to pay for it too. That's, that'd be horrible. No, 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 no. Uh, We don't mind having an opponent. We're team players. We're here to compete. And we know that we always win. (laughs) That's what's so great about it. It's like, I know we're going to win this game because our eyes are on him. That doesn't mean we're going to win just automatically if we just sit back and and, and don't come with our game face on. Right. Right? If we don't come prepared, if we don't come ready, no, then we can get whipped. If we don't know that that this is our time, if if we think we're just having another practice game, and meanwhile, no, that's the opponent. This is it. You're in the game. This is it. It's like, and you're going to go out. I remember um, I used to be a fan of another team. I was raised that way. It was placed upon me at birth, and I (laughs) did not have a choice. You were just made to want to watch this team. (laughs) Tell them the way they But but thank God you can grow up out of these things. (laughs) Now, some people never do, but you can. you can. You can actually choose a winner for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I was watching this team, and they came over here to play the Cincinnati Bengals. They was right here in Cincinnati. So I said, well, let's go to the game. So we went to the game. And so we went to the game. And this was a very important game that, uh, that my team needed to win. <laughs> and so, you know, we're down there. We're excited. We got there early. And so we're watching them warm up on the field. And I'm watching... Some of the players on my team out there, supposed to be warming up. And they're out there and they're doing this. They're, they're like in a circle and they're dancing. I'm thinking. <laughs> then I look over at these Bengal guys. I got these tiger things on their head, stripes. And, and, I'm, and I'm looking and I think, I don't see that. I see these guys like, you know, focused. And I look back over my guys and like, <laughs> I'm totally serious I'm not exaggerating they're out there and they're you know I guess somebody told them hey guys relax don't get too uptight you know because you, you don't get too uptight you know you could, you could lock up and, 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 and miss things when you're too tight you know, so, I think, so they just went over like over into the ditch they went from like liberty to licentiousness they're like way over in the ditch and, there's, and I'm looking I'm going this isn't good this isn't good. I was very concerned. I remember saying that to my brother. I said, this doesn't look good. This isn't. I'm concerned. I had good reason to be. Uh, the game started. They were destroyed. I mean, it wasn't even a game. It was like a stampede. It was just... You know, they were like, they were like, those, those, like those Italian guys running from the bulls, you know? Down the streets of Italy, right? It was like... It was so bad, and you had to. You finally, you just you just you, you just you took your gear off. You, you took, you just took your hat off, and you left early. You just got out of there. You just got out of there. Just, you wanted to get just go hide. That got slaughtered. I don't know what these guys were thinking? I just don't know what these guys were thinking. We don't want to ever be caught like that. No. Ever. Ever. Oh, we're going to walk in this liberty, but we're walking sober-minded. We're watching. We're vigilant. We know we have an adversary. And we're in this thing to win, and we're not playing games. Nothing is automatic. It's not automatic if you're not in faith. You've got to be in faith. You've got to be focused. You've got to keep your eyes on Him. We're going to compete, and we're going to complete what God has called us to do. I said, we're going to compete and complete what God's called us to do." So we care. We care about each other, we care about this church, we care about this building, we care about the landscape. Amen. We care about this upcoming conference, this Men of Impact Conference, men and women alike. We all care about this thing, because this is vital training and equipping. Yes. This isn't just games. This is like, well, oh, I, I don't know if I want to go to that., this, you know, I don't know. like we're picking a movie or something. You serious? No, 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 no. This is all serious stuff. We take all, we, we, we get in it. We get into it. Yes. Yes. I said, we get into it. Yes. We're all in. Yes. I said, we're all in. Yes. We give it our all. We give it 110% because if we do, we are guaranteed the victory and we're doing it for an imperishable crown. We're doing it for something that's going to last forever. It is going to save lives forever. It's going to lock people in to eternity. Think about it. Your slothfulness could cause us to miss a few lives from going to heaven and they'll spend eternity in a lake of fire because we were sloppy and we missed it. Can't have it. Lives are too precious to the Lord. It's too important to Him. So we can't can't afford to miss a single one. So we're going to go out and we're going to conquer. He said you are more than conquerors. That's what he said you are. That's not just your own personal life. Yes, it's your personal life, but it's the church. I said it's the church. Together, we are more than conquerors. Can you say amen? Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm a winner. And so are you. And together, we're going to win this thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, stand on your feet with me tonight.